0: We don't know how far this would go, right? but we don't want our choices. That's That's the key word. That's the key word choices taken away from us.
1: You are listening to podcast number 44 with Joette Calabrese at practicalhomeopathy.com. On today's podcast, Joette will be conducting an interview with someone who will unpack the recent FDA action on homeopathy. Learn more about what the FDA is proposing and how you can help ensure homeopathic medicines remain accessible now and in the future.
0: We're reversing the tables, and I will be doing the interviewing. So, tonight we are discussing something that's rather important about the laws around homeopathy, and we're going to be meeting with Paula Brown. Now, some of you may know Paula, some of you may not, so I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her. Paula used to work for me for a few years. We miss her, but she started <laughs> homesteading. She has three kids and she homeschools. She lives in Texas, of course. She is a member of the Texas Society of Homeopathy. She's an activist for homeopathy. Paula is the president of Americans for Homeopathy Choice. And I miss having her on my personal team, but every once in a while, Paula comes back to me and says, okay. Can I do this with you?
2: It's really fun to be here with you, Joette. I feel a little weird because I am so used to interviewing you (laughs) for your podcast back when we used to do it
0: together and we had so much fun. Well, I know, Paula, when we started the study groups, you know, Gateway to Homeopathy, you kind of took that study group and... Ran with it is putting it mildly. You used to pack them in. I think you're still doing it.
2: I've oh. I loved teaching that study group with your curriculum. I've loved it in many ways. It's put me in position to do what I'm doing right now for Americans for Homeopathy Choice. And I have to say, Joette, I see you as my mentor, of course, as my friend, but it all started with you. That very first class you taught good gut, bad gut. And it means a lot to me that you have mentored me and coached me and, and helped me learn homeopathy and, and given me personal advice and professional advice. And I just really appreciate that. But really, I think one of the biggest things you've given me, Joette, that nobody else could do, it was just you that could do this. You gave me the permission to step up and be the mom that I always wanted to be, as far as taking care of my family and caring for them and giving me the courage. I needed. I love I it. I didn't I need that it. permission, but you gave
0: me that permission. I love it. I, I love needed. it. That's that's my shtick. That's yep. truly what I'm all about: giving mm. mothers and grandmothers the right and the permission to get back to being the kind of parents and grandparents they want to be. That's right. That's, it's a beautiful thing. So, Paolo, tell me what's going on with the FDA. I mean, I have a good idea, and I've been in this mm-hmm. arena for so long, and I've seen changes around the FDA and all of that. But give us a, as briefly, okay. my friend, as you can.
2: I will try. I actually wrote these points out because I do want to get it real briefly. So right before Christmas, you know, this was Christmas
0: 2017. Yeah,
2: 2017. That's right. The FDA, they issued this something called a draft guidance. And that means it's a rough draft. It's not a final document. They're saying it's a rough draft. And together with a group of moms, we did not like what we saw in this draft guidance. So we formed this organization, Americans for Homeopathy Choice. You can see our website at homeopathychoice.org. When you download the FDA's December press release, right from the beginning, you know where they're going. They say that the FDA has developed, this is a quote, a risk-based approach to create actions on homeopathics that potentially pose higher risks to the public health. In the press release, they use the word risk 17 times. And I have to say that this is a very suspicious press release, Joette, because by the FDA's
0: own definition, homeopathy is completely non-toxic. Yes, ma'am. So Yes, ma'am. In fact, that is the argument against homeopathy, is that it can't be of any value because there's nothing right. there. It's just there's sugar pills. It's all placebo. Mm-hmm. So how is it that it could be risky? That's exactly so, right. Yeah, so you can't have it both ways when you're trying to build an argument.
2: But go ahead. Sorry. But what's also alarming is the amount of prejudice and the coordinated attack that has come from mainstream media. Do you realize that in that press release, they associate homeopathy with rat poison? I mean, it is prejudice. I pulled up five articles, press releases that the FDA has done on Tamiflu, Tamiflu reduces your seven day flu to 6.3 days. Okay. So I compared five press releases that the FDA put on Tamiflu and this great, super awesome drug that reduces your symptoms from seven to 6.3. And the language was so soft. And in the one article that they do, the one press release they do on homeopathy, they compare it to rat poison. They say it's ineffective. I mean, they just go on and on. They mention deaths. What deaths? Well, the FDA stimulates and then the media carries and then, it then, along. Yes, that's right. So, so you get articles like from NPR, FDA cracks on homeopathy. CBS well, of course, NPR, hello. <laughs> that's right. Or, or you have um, NBC said FDA cracks down on snake oil homeopathy. So neither of us are de- delusional here, Joette, in saying that the FDA is launching a smear campaign.
0: Here's one of the problems. And if people understand that there's basically what this is, is a market square. And I remember, I know we've got a lot to talk about, but I have to recall a time when I used to work for NBC, one of my big accounts was Pepsi-Cola. It was my, as we used to say in the business, my bread and butter account. It was the account that was the basis for my income for years. And uh, one morning, it was a Tuesday morning, I picked up the phone and said, at Calabrese here. And on the other end of the phone, the person said in a very clear voice, get it off the air. Mm-hmm. I said, what? Get what off the air? Now, I recognized the voice because she was my account executive from the agency that represented Pepsi-Cola. And I said, get what off the air? She said, that program last night on the detriments of sugar in children's health you know you're gonna be playing it again tonight, Tuesday, and then all through the rest of the week, get it off. So at that time, this was back in the 80, 81, 1981, I didn't have a family, I didn't have children, never even crossed my mind what sugar could do to children. And it just, none of this was of, of importance to me on any level. So she said, get it off the air, or we put all of our advertising dollars into ABC and CBS. Goodbye, the local NBC station in Buffalo, New York. And we were in the 29th uh, market at the time, which is a pretty big market, television market. Mm-hmm. So I very dutifully went to my uh, sales manager and we both walked down to the news department. And my manager sparred with the news department manager and said, Get it off the air. And he said, Wait, are you kidding me? We've been working on this expose about the detriments of sugar and children's lives for three weeks. Are you kidding me? No, we're not. He said get it off the air. And he picked it up. It was in a reel in those days and threw it into the trash can. And that was the end of that. Now that's just one little television station. And so if it affects the advertisers, it will affect what is said and how it is said and what is publicized out there. So now multiply that by billions and billions of times, perhaps Mm -hmm. in all kinds of industries, whether it's the sugar or the Coca-Cola or the Pepsi-Cola or the pesticide or the drug or whatever industry it is we're talking about, that advertisers matter. News is not as pure as the news people would like to think it is. It is advertiser driven. Going back to the
2: FDA then, you know, it's really unfortunate that homeopathy right now is at this really kind of disconcerting relationship with the FDA because for 80 years, or I guess technically 75 years or so now, um, homeopathy's had a really good relationship with the FDA. And then in the last five years, since 2015, it just, the tide suddenly shifted. So in light of what we're reading and seeing from this draft guidance from the FDA, my organization, Americans for Homeopathy Choice, reached out to many key players in the homeopathic community. And if you go to our website, homeopathychoice.org, you can read a three-page document that kind of outlines these things. But First, the FDA is saying that they're going to look at the potential risks that certain categories of homeopathic products carry. So they're starting to look at things like no-sodes and combination remedies. Not limited to, they can look at other things, okay? This could apply to all categories of homeopathy, but right now they've started with things like no-sodes and combination remedies. The second thing they're going to do is they're going to withdraw something called the Compliance Guide 400
0: It's known as the CPG. That's right. Compliance and, Guide 400, okay.
2: And so that's the second thing they're looking, which um, this document is something created by the FDA for the FDA. But interestingly, it's been a great document for homeopathy for over 30 years. And the FDA uses this compliance guide, the CPG, to make sure that remedies have standardized manufacturing and marketing. So, and it's a fair document. Yes, it's been, yes, it is. Yes. Been good to homeopathy. And it's one of the reasons we've been able to grow to the level we have. So that's the second thing. Once this draft document becomes final, they're pulling this CPG. And then the third thing that we take issue with this draft guidance is that it opens the door to force homeopathic products to go through the same approval process that conventional drugs have to go through. So as you can imagine, this would make the production of homeopathic products so expensive that it would maim the industry. We don't charge, like you said, $500 a pill. So we can't pay millions of dollars of research to test each product. Joette, the cumulative 3 million that we make wouldn't even cover one product's
0: testing. Right. And well, it's a different kind of research. We've done all the research for the That's last right. 230 years. That's all done. That was all established through provings and is all recorded and documented. Right. Uh, so we don't do the kinds of research that conventional meds have to go through because they're coming up with new ones all the time. Mm-hmm. We generally use the same. I mean, certainly new homeopathic medicines come up from time to time, but for the most part, our medicines have been established. You know, If your child right. had a fever in 1799 that was really high, you might use Eupatorium or Belladonna and you would do the same thing in 2018. It's the same medicine, same potency, same frequency, spelled the same, the pills look the same. So that was established a long time ago. So there's nothing capricious, shall I say, Mm -hmm. about homeopathy. It's been established for a long, long time and it will hopefully stay that way. But go ahead, Paula. Yeah, well,
2: that's right. And so if this draft guidance comes across and forces homeopathy to do the same testing as conventional drugs, we can't afford it. And like you just said, we can't apply conventional drug testing methods to homeopathy because it simply wouldn't work. It's their own system of medicine. It's different.
0: It is different, completely different. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So you mentioned three main areas that the FDA is targeting in their guidance. Share a little bit more about their focus on no and the combination remedies, because I really encourage folks to buy combination remedies from Walmart and Wegmans and and, and those kinds of stores. I, I like them very much. It's a great way to start using homeopathy.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a gateway them. remedy in a yes, good way. Yeah,
0: yeah, right.
2: So sure, yeah, I'll talk about that. So you know, if you've taken any of Juliet's classes, you know how important no nosodes are to Banerjee protocols. So the FDA is saying that these remedies are going to potentially be quote potential to be pathogenic because the. F- there's no risk for homeopathic nosodes to have the potential to become pathogenic because this is why the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act states under the HPUS. So, the HPUS is the homeopathic pharmacopoeia of the United States, it's a piece of the FDCA law. It says the minimum amount that a product can be diluted. So how can a no which is made from diseased tissue, have the potential to be pathogenic if it's legally prepared according to the tables, the minimum dilutions that the tables require from the HPUS? The FDA already monitors and enforces this. So if they're doing their job, there's no chance that a remedy, a no can have the potential to be pathogenic, as they say. So the fact that the FDA is rating this issue is a concern because one, it's unnecessary. They can already police this, and two, it's pretty suspicious. Okay. Well, there
0: you hit the word, that the verb is "to police." And that is scary, and I don't know that that's what they're doing, but I'm always suspicious when a government arm is saying, mm-hmm. mm, I think we'll check this out. First of all, they have funds and the wherewithal. They're very, very, very deep pockets. You can't fight city hall. It's pretty difficult to do. And secondly, I don't like heavy-handed government. And that's what we're moving more and more towards in our world. And I'd like to see that stop, particularly in religious freedoms, mm-hmm. uh, freedom of speech, freedom of our being able to choose what's right for our families.
2: Again, it makes no sense that they would even be targeting no because of the, quote, potential to be pathogenic, because if they are legal remedies... Under the law, there's no way that could even be possible because they have to be diluted to a point where it's no longer that way. So it's frustrating. So then going on to combination remedies, they're targeting combination remedies. When we talk about combination remedies, this is something that's important. People don't realize how important combination remedies are to the survival of the American homeopathic industry. You were saying the word bread and butter. These combination remedies are the bread and butter of the homeopathic market they would not be able to sell those single remedies in the store if the combination remedies weren't being sold because that's the bread and butter. But the FDA wants to overregulate these products. So now these products would have to go through, for example, expensive testing that drugs need to go through. That's according to the draft guidance. So if these combo remedies become cost prohibitive to even produce, then pharmacies won't be able to provide all their other products like single remedies and And like I'm saying, the combinations are the backbone of these companies. So the FDA's potential regulations can really make the U.S. an unfriendly place for homeopathic companies. And we will begin to see homeopathic manufacturers leave. Which has already
0: started to happen.
2: That's right. Some Heal Pharmacy left. We have TJL, Nova. And I mean, you left New York, Joette. Why? Because you felt like the laws weren't friendly to small businesses. And, yep. and you're off in Florida somewhere else. I mean, the same thing is going to happen, but not from a state-to-state place, but from leaving this country completely. Federally, sure. Right. Yep. So that is taking our right away from having access
0: to a thriving homeopathic industry in the U.S. We don't know how far this would go. Right. But we don't want our choices. That's, That's the it. key word. That's we do our choices taken away from us. So now tell me about the second issue, you know, withdrawing the compliance guide, for example. The more I learn about this, I think this is an even bigger
2: issue. So when the final draft of the guidance document comes out, the FDA says they will rescind, you know, withdraw the CPG, the compliance guide. So as I mentioned before, this has been a blessing on homeopathy for over 30 years. So let me give you a little analogy, Joette. Let's talk about American football. First, you have the rules of the game. That's the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. That's what Congress gave us, okay? Within the FDCA, the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, there's the HPUS, the Homeopathic Pharmacopeia of the United States. So together, these two parts of the law create the rules of the football game, right? And Mm -hmm. so they're made for Congress to specifically protect homeopathy as a separate system of medicine from conventional drugs, because the HPUS is separate from the conventional drug pharmacopoeia of the United States, right? They're separate. Because the rules are different. They are different. So we have the rules of the game. Do you have these laws? Then in the football game, you have different teams in the game. One of those teams is the FDA and their playbook is the compliance guide, which we were just talking about, the CPG. The compliance guide has been around for 30 years, and it helps the FDA execute plays or regulations that fit within the rules of the game, that fit within the law. Yeah, the laws.
0: They're the laws that that make it clear everything's on the table. It's clear what's expected of everyone.
2: That's right. And honestly, you have to think of the FDA not as an American NFL football player, okay? No. You need to think of the FDA, as far as homeopathy goes, as a Brazilian soccer player they know nothing about homeopathy they know nothing about this game and they're stepping onto the field knowing nothing and without a playbook they're going to screw up yeah okay yep. so because the fda isn't a law making entity i didn't know that
0: they, they don't know how to play those games in brazil <laughs>
2: No, are you kidding me? My brother bought a football to Catholic school in, in Brazil once, and everybody was like, oh my gosh, they're all huddled around and looking at this like egg looking ball. They thought it was the coolest thing
0: ever. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, yeah, in Brazil, we love soccer, not football. So, going back to the FDA, the FDA is not a law making entity, it's in the executive branch. Right. So they can only enforce on the, the laws. That's freedom. right, not make them. Mm-hmm. So, without the CPG, you have a Brazilian FDA soccer player. A rogue
0: Brazilian Yes, that's right. Not right.
2: We wouldn't have a real good one, right? And it would be like them playing football, running around the field, calling out new rules to the game, breaking all the rules. And not only that, but they're using a different playbook to play the game. They're using their soccer playbook. They're using the conventional drug playbook to try and play the game of homeopathy. So they need the CPG really bad to be able to run plays that align with the rules of homeopathy and align with the law. So they can't do that. So the FDA can only enforce regulations that align with the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act and the HPUS, and they don't know how to do that. And the worst part is they're using rules for conventional drugs to try and do that. So over 30 years, the compliance guide has helped the FDA ensure that homeopathic products have been manufactured in a safe, effective, standardized way. It's been their major playbook in the game of homeopathy. Yeah, and
0: I think the pharmacies welcome it. That's where we're Yes. the manufacturing pharmacies welcome it because they know exactly the homeopathic. what's expected. Yes, the homeopathic manufacturers. They know exactly what's expected of them. Their pharmacists take the courses and follow the rules and get uh, probably are, I mean, I don't know this for, for certain exactly how it's done, but I'm sure that every few years they go back and make sure that they're in compliance mm-hmm. and the government comes in and checks on them That's as right. well. Make injections. sure that they're in compliance. Right. Okay. So in
2: recent years with this new draft guidance that the FDA has come out with, if you read the dra- draft guidance, it is proof right there that the FDA has shown us that they really don't understand homeopathy. And that's why they need their playbook, the compliance guide. They don't know homeopathy well enough to enforce compliance without- the Without compl- the guide,
0: <laughs> without the compliance guide, certainly.
2: Yeah, we need that compliance guide. Okay. Mm-hmm. It says right there in the draft guidance, when this becomes final, we're throwing it out. So without the compliance guide, homeopathy is in reality at the whim of the director and his deputies. So personalities matter. (laughs) That's right. So if they throw out the compliance guide, which they say they will do once the draft guidance is final, our only recourse would be to hope that the game's referee, in this case, Congress, cares enough about homeopathy to call foul when the FDA breaks their rules of the game or an out or a penalty or whatever they call it in football. (laughs) I don't think that any of us want to be in a position where we have to hope that Congress cares enough about homeopathy to keep the FDA in check. I mean, I'm having a hard enough time getting them to listen right now. So have I convinced you?
0: Oh, goodness, yes. Oh yeah, no, no, it's concerning. There's no doubt about it. I get the point. Uh, This is very important that they keep this, this compliance statement intact, no doubt about it. So why do you think the FDA is doing this, Paula? I mean, I mean, I have my thinking, but I'd like to know what yours is. I mean, you've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of research, and interviewing a lot of people. Give, okay. Tell me what you think.
2: Okay. To me, this is the bottom line, and I'll prove it. Joette, the bottom line is the FDA thinks homeopathy is a big, fat sham, and they think that people are going to forego heroic life-saving medical treatment because they're dinking around with homeopathic products they say it in black and white in their press release they say quote people may be placing their trust and money in therapies that may bring little to no benefit and then they say quote the fda has the responsibility to protect the public from products that may
0: not deliver any benefit oh my gosh i don't know what i do without that fda could i mother do you think think I could still make decisions for my family without a government arm making a decision as to what is proper for my family and what is not really the audacity it's supercilious it's audacious it's it's very frustrating and it's becoming more and more acceptable to hear this kind of talk coming from the arms of the government it's it's unnerving to say the least most people come to homeopathy because the heroic measures they sought haven't worked it's not keeping them from it nobody starts with homeopathy they always say they don't come to homeopathy they come crawling to homeopathy homeopathy always turns out to be the last resort it's usually should be the other way around but unfortunately Mm -hmm. uh homeopathy doesn't have the press And big industry behind it, nor especially here, of course, big government behind it. So people find it by digging around and overturning every stone that they can in order to resume their lives and figure out what is wrong with their health or their child's health.
2: Yeah, that's right. People are definitely not foregoing life-saving, you know, heroic treatment. Well,
0: I would never urge someone to do that anyway. Right, of course, right. they should get to a doctor when there's something that's really. serious. you need to have a diagnosis. I would never say that, and I don't know very many homeopaths that would say if someone is going through a serious condition or potentially serious. No, I think I'll take full responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Let's just keep Absolutely you. Absolutely not. Today. Of course. Right. Not. I mean, just for legal reasons alone, if nothing else, because we live in such a litigious society. That's right. It makes so much sense for someone to say, look, get your opinion of your doctor and let's find out what your doctor says. I say it every day, all day long.
2: Okay. That's totally right. Now let's look at this logically. I'm suspicious that the FDA thinks homeopathy is nothing but magic water and that we could potentially die because we're using this instead of getting conventional medical treatment. So let's look at this logically. We have a few problems. First, that scenario isn't even possible. Did you know that the FDA prevents products, over-the-counter products, from making claims about treating serious life-threatening illnesses. So for example, you have asthma. This is a condition that can be potentially life-threatening, right? Any legal, over-the-counter homeopathic products cannot make that kind That's of right. claim on the label. That's right. It's because it's same. a life-threatening claim. So the FDA doesn't need to create any additional action because they've already created an environment where people aren't going to walk into Walgreens and die from an asthma attack because they're taking a combo remedy that is advertised on the label to say, this is great for asthma attacks. So there's no need for additional protection. You got it covered. It's so
0: frustrating because it leads us to believe that we're just idiots. Yes. We that's can't do thing. our homework. We don't know how to crack a book. We don't know how to ask questions. We don't know how to go online. We don't know how to figure out what's best for our families. It's the arm of the government that tells us what we should be taking and not taking. Right, exactly. So, I mean, that's exactly right because they've already
2: created an environment where we're not accidentally going to try, like I said, take a homeopathic and the Walgreens store when they've set up in a situation that we can't put ourselves in a position with an over-the-counter product to try and do that. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing goes right into what you were saying. Just because the FDA so very clearly prefers conventional medicine, it doesn't mean that they can exercise their legal capacity to prevent us from choosing our own medicine. The FDA's job is to ensure that homeopathic companies manufacture safe standardized products. They don't get to say like, no, people are too stupid to understand what homeopathy really is, you know, what the FDA believes to be magic water. So we as the FDA better protect the public from accidentally using what we think is fake medicine when they really should be using real treatment. No, they don't get to say that to us through their actions. And here's the thing. I am a mother. And you are coming into my kitchen now telling me how I can cook my own dinner and how I can make my own family's food and how I can take care of my kids' bodies. That is maddening to me. Okay, mama bears out there. (laughs) You should not attempt to regulate whether or not someone has the ability to To discern the medicine they use. Yes, I mean, it reminds me of the sterilizations they did back in the day when we think you're not a fit mother, therefore we will sterilize you and make sure that you never have children again. It's like, you can't get into my head and assess... If I'm smart enough for you, okay? Mm -hmm. And and this is the thing, this sets precedents. If they feel like homeopathy isn't the right way to address fever, what else are they gonna pull out that they don't agree with? Elderberry
0: oils and that's right. And elderberry syrup and vitamin C Mm -hmm. and goes on and on and supplements, it just goes on and on and on. But they go after, of course, homeopathy, I think, because it is such an important industry that has been growing and growing in the last decade or so. That's right.
2: And that is what our organization is about, homeopathychoice.org. We have the right to choose. But there's one more thing, Joette. The FDA can't have it both ways. We were talking a minute ago about the dangerous no sods and the potentially dangerous combination remedies, right? On one hand, they infer that homeopathy is magic water that does nothing. While on the other hand, they claim through their draft guidance that homeopathy is so potentially dangerous and toxic that they need to reassess the risk of these unproven remedies. Well, how about a third option? Homeopathy is safe. It is effective. It's natural, non-toxic, gentle form of medicine that has been used for over 200 years. Multiple deaths to homeopathy. It's never been documented.
0: Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) well this is nothing new paula this has been going on for a very long time a very long time this kind of thinking their arguments are often flaccid and you're right they can't talk out of both sides of their mouths and make an argument that stands to any reason so it's up to us Right? I mean, let's let's get down to the bottom of this, Paola. What do we do? What actions? You've got your hand on the pulse of all of this. What are your suggestions? I have some ideas, but uh, tell me what your suggestions are.
2: Well, first of all, we need you to come to our website and stay on our website and do some action. We've made it as easy as it is flipping possible for you to come to our website and take action. So if you go right there on our homepage, you can see the first thing we want you to do is we want you to contact the president. We want to get them on board. We have a whole action plan, but listen, if you're going to go on my website and leave, don't leave, please just click on that button to go to the president, copy and paste the letter, pop it in and send it over to him. I would love for you to tweak that letter if you want to a little bit, but you don't have to. If you're going to just come and leave, stay
0: for a minute copy and paste click on the button Send it off to uh, president trump trump hates over regulations we need to think that's why he this one is this president is important
2: this one is different yep and and we really think that the president just doesn't know about what's going on but here's the thing you guys he's the one that appointed scott gottlieb he's the head of the fda so he's got the power president trump has the power to call scott gottlieb on the carpet and say hey buddy what's going on here you want to You wanna stop what you're doing. So that's why we want President Trump. Now, beyond that, I would love for you guys to contact some senators. Usually, if you're a senator, you don't wanna hear from people from all over the country. You wanna hear from directly your constituency, but we have identified a group of senators and congressmen who are willing to listen to anyone. So go on to step two and copy and paste our letters. Send it to Orrin Hatch, Mike Lee. We have Andy Biggs and a few others. Diana DeGette from Colorado. These are senators and congressmen that
0: are willing to listen to you no matter where you are. You don't have to write it, is what you're saying. You're just going to... Copy and paste it. Copy and paste and send. Copy and paste and send. all right there. And then share, 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 share. That's right. This is where grassroots counts is when... We let others know. I, and let me also say, I don't know if you were going to say this anyway, Paula, but I would not urge people to write to the FDA. I don't know that that would make any difference. Maybe it would, but if you decide, let's say you decide to do that, please don't write in an angry fashion because right. we, we don't want to lose our credibility. We want this to be clear headed and straightforward and super, super simple. And if you decide to do this, and I would urge you folks to do this, this is where our dollar power and our mothering power, where the rubber hits the road. This is important that we do something at this point because before it becomes bigger and it could easily become bigger because that's what government has a tendency to do is to become bigger.
2: Here's the thing, if you are really concerned about this, which you should be, you guys, this 2018 can make or break homeopathy. It can be the beginning of, you know, that frog What's in the, the water. What's the date
0: on it, Paula?
2: It's March 16th, I believe, 16,
0: 2018, the- in case yes. people hear this, you know, in a couple mm-hmm. years from now. Okay. Sure.
2: Yeah, March 8th. So, now let's say you're listening to this and you're not going to be one of those people that just pops on the website and just wants to send one letter to Trump. You said, Paula, what if I want to do everything in my power to help? Well, send that letter to Trump. Go ahead and contact those senators that are willing to hear from anyone, regardless of where they live. And that's right there on our website, right next to the button to President Trump, you know, do more. So go over there, send it to those people. And if you want to go the extra mile, if you want to do all you can do, that would be to contact your local representative. I promise you, this helps. You've got a great opportunity to go to the extra mile, get all your friends to write.
0: Copy, paste, send. Right. Okay, love it. Right. Love it. Yes. Well, I couldn't get it any easier. I remember when I used to write the letters by hand.
2: That's right. Thank you. It's very easy and you can do this. And I promise you- you'd have you, to lick the envelope and stick the stamp on. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Listen, we are going to Washington. Um, the Vice President, Minnie McLean and I, we are both going to Washington. We are scheduled to go. No last. one's
0: paying you to do this, Paula. No,
2: it is right from my own little pocket. The donations that we've gotten for this organization are not paying for my flight. That's paying for Facebook ads and trying to get some help with lawyers to look at our paperwork. So is
0: there a place where we can donate?
2: Yes, there is right there on our website. Okay. Homeopathychoice.org. So we're going to be there that last week in February. And listen, if you guys do your job and you send these letters to In advance. In advance. So when you get there, the yes. road has been paved. That's right. When I walk in the door and I say, hi, I'm Paula Brown from Americans for oh, Homeopathy Choice. Oh, it's you. Uh-huh. So that's exactly <laughs> what we need and we want. And we have a whole action plan of how we want these senators and congressmen to call the FDA on the carpet, and we're ready to do it. And we're not Beautiful. scared to. Here's the thing, Joe. a lot of these homeopaths they're a little bit afraid to come out and speak against. I know, the FDA.
0: I know. And you know, we all worry because we don't want to be targeted. But That's on the right. other hand, so let me be the bad guy. I'm I happy have, to do it. I, and you know what, Paula? I'm not that young anymore. And if, <laughs> <laughs> oh, quiet! We have of energy. Oh, oh, I got tons of energy i got tons of energy, but you know, I'm hoping to have grandkids one of these days and I want to be there for them on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. So I'll do as much as I can, as fast as I can. And everything in life is about speed as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. I believe in speed. I want performance. I want stuff to happen quickly. I can't stand pokiness. So what I'm going to urge everyone to do when they hear this tonight is right now while you're talking to us, link right now, link to homeopathychoice.org, homeopathychoice.org. Love Mm -hmm. it. AmyApathyChoice.org, folks. Okay, everyone, please, if I ever ask anyone to do anything, I give a lot of information away for free, and I don't ask anything in return but to share and get other people involved, and this is one of those times when what you do today, what you do tonight, what you do tomorrow to help this cause really matters. So I'm going to ask a favor of all of my listeners, my students, my clients, to please do this. It's important. It's important. We do it with grace. We do it with intelligence, but we do it.
2: That's right, Joette. And I just want to thank you for your passion. I'm a healthy mom. I don't have perfect health, but I'm a very healthy mom. I live a robust life. And Joette, that is in direct relation to what you have taught me and what you've given me. And I just feel that this is the least I can do to provide my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren with a homeopathic industry that is healthy and thriving, that promotes future homeopaths to come into
0: the business. We should have a homeopath on every corner. I so wish that we had more homeopaths here. It's like that in Europe. It's like that in India. It's like that in South America where you're from. We need homeopaths.
2: Good ones that can do it full time, that can create a business that sustains their life you know that pays the mortgages that pays the bills and the only way that's possible is with a thriving homeopathic organization and listen you
0: go paula
2: yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) love you paula thanks Thanks for having me great oh i love it love it all right thanks a lot
1: you just listened to a podcast from practicalhomeopathy.com where nationally certified homeopath public speaker and author Joette calabrese shares her passion for helping families stay strong through homeopathy and nutrient-dense nutrition. Joette's podcasts are available on iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Thank you for listening to this podcast with Joette Calabrese. To learn more and find out if homeopathy is a good fit for your health strategy, visit practicalhomeopathy.com.